This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles if you have them or look on the screen there to Luke chapter 4 verse 18. I'm going to pick up where I left off two weeks ago and I'm going to take it in a little bit different angle. We talked about Jubilee. We'll revisit that for a minute. But really what I want to get into is what it's like to live on the other side of the wilderness. It's nice to to come through the wilderness but then live and exist on the other side of the wilderness. And so when Jesus is actually bringing this this passage of Scripture to us, the context is he has come through the wilderness, is on the backside of the desert, and the very first act that happens is him coming into a village where there's a synagogue And the scroll is opened to Isaiah 61 on that specific day. And he gets up and begins to read. Let's look at it and say it out loud, the word of God. It says, the spirit, this Jesus speaking, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now I say this often, but Jesus here is for for sure talking about himself but he is, he's, he's applying this as an example for us to realize this is true for us as well. Christ lives in us and this reality is true. The spirit of the Lord is on Jesus and because Jesus is in us, the spirit of the Lord is upon us. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is really important. So he's given an example, but he's, there's, a, there's a moment, there's a change that's happening here. It's a new season that is opening up, not just for the Lord himself, but for the entire earth. And look what he says, why the spirit of the Lord is on him. This is important. It's not so that we can, we can have Holy Spirit feels, as awesome as that is. I, I love the presence of God. It's, it's, it's amazing when I, when I sense his nearness, which is with us all the time, by the way. But there's purpose behind that. Right? There's a reason for it. And he says, he says, here it is right here. He's given me grace or anointed me to be hope for the poor. And poor, he's not just talking about economically poor. He's talking about people that are poor in spirit, that don't, that don't have any sustenance in their life. And he said, man, for these that don't have anything spiritually, I'm hope for them. The church, my friends, is to be a brokerage house of hope to the earth. Come on. This is the calling over our lives as the body of Christ. And then he says to bring freedom for the brokenhearted. Basically, he's just talking about wholeness, mind, will, emotions. How many of you know that's possible in Jesus? And he's saying that's how, where the Spirit is anointing me right now to bring, to bring freedom or wholeness to the brokenhearted. New eyes for the blind where we can see. And to preach to the prisoners that you are free. And then he makes a really powerful statement. He says, I've come to share the message of Jubilee. Pay close attention. He says, for the time of God's great acceptance or God's favor with man 
has come. This moment right here changed everything as it relates to humanity. The angels announced this, this moment coming at his birth. You know, glory to God in the highest peace on earth and what goodwill or favor towards men it was already setting the stage for what was going to happen some 30 years later and it was a season shift it was a moment of redemption I believe in our lives, I feel this for me personally, I shared this with you guys two weeks ago, that I feel like in 2023, I've entered into a season of redemption. And boy, does it feel good. I've always known that God's acceptance and favor is with me, but sometimes we go through wilderness seasons even with that acceptance and favor, but we come through it because God has proven not to him, but to us that we actually are called and created and have the capacity in him to do the very things that he's called us to do. Mm. On the backside of the wilderness or in the midst of it, really, the enemy is always speaking, trying to tell you what you're not capable of and get you to yield to his voice. If you look at all of the temptations of Jesus, they were basically the enemy trying to get um, the Lord to acquiesce to his timetable over the very things that Jesus had been called to do. Right? If he says, if you worship me, I'll give you all, all the nations of the world. Well, they were already his to have. No, come on, come on. We're not going to give. We're not going to give uh, credence to that voice. We were never meant to listen to that voice. You know, we're, we're meant to say, "Shut up to that voice." Right? The only voice that we're meant to listen to is the Father's voice. And in the Father's purposes and plans, how many of you know that His timing is perfect? And by the way, He's not just looking for some destination outcome. He wants to. To, to walk with us along the journey. That's where the beauty is found. Don't be looking for some goal and then, oh, when I get to that place, then now I'll be happy. No. Find joy in every season and every moment, even if you're in a wilderness season. I told you that, that Jubilee, the word there comes from uh, a Hebrew word, Yobel, which basically means ram's horn. It was where they'd blow the trumpet and they would announce, hey, a new time has come. And what was really cool about God is he started to set some patterns in motion, even in the Old Testament. Every seven days there would be a Sabbath, a time of rest, a time of redemption, rest- restoration over people's hearts after six days of labor, right? And then after the flood... Um, they set in motion every seven years a time of jubilee where slaves that were held captive and people that were in debt were set free and forgiven of their debt and they got a new beginning every seven years because there's a lot of uh, brokenness in, in economic spaces even within our world. Wendy and I were watching a really cool documentary last night and basically it was showing um, our nation and what's going on in, 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 in today's reality as it relates, relates to um, the workplace. And did you know that there is 1%, uh, 1% of the population that owns, what is it? I want to get this right. 
91% of all of the wealth. And then there's like, I may be missing that by a percentage, but basically everybody else except for 9% of the middle class, which has shrunk tremendously over the years, are struggling to make it in life. We were watching one of the testimonies of, of the girl on this. It's not a Christian documentary, but one of the, the girls on this documentary that showing her bills and showing the work that she, was, that she was doing. And she just wasn't able to make enough. And because of that, she was going into debt. What would it feel like if all of a sudden you could be forgiven of your debt and hope to get positioned for a better tomorrow? That's what Jesus was talking about here. Can you imagine if the church became the instrument of this first message that Jesus ever preached? And we embodied the heart of this very thing called the kingdom of God and its expansion by realizing we have been anointed. That is the greatest, biggest dream of Wendy and I's heart. We want to see every single believer whole and then sent with power to go into your world and bring change. What's incredible about the the beauty of God, I mentioned every seven years there would be a jubilee year from the time of, of the flood where there was the rainbow, which was what God's promise, like that's never going to happen again. So there was something actually set in motion right there that was different. And then every seven times seven years, which is 49, they would enter into a jubilee of jubilees. And what would happen every seven years times seven would actually be amplified from what it looked like in just the seven year time period. So there's a building of momentum. Are you seeing this? There's like, it starts at one level, and then God's like, okay, every seven times seven, we're going to have not only just a jubilee, but a jubilee of jubilees. And this thing is going to actually be a com- complete reset, not just over some people that are in debt and some people that have been, been put in slavery, but over the entire nation. So they'd be looking for moments that to come every 50 years. Wendy and I, some, about a year ago, we started noticing 50th anniversary, 50 this, 50, 50, 50. It was 50 year celebrations for almost every corporation that we were, that we were noticing. It was amazing. I was like, ooh, I didn't even at the time know fully, but it, man, it was making my heart come alive. I'm like 50. There's something significant about that. But what's crazy to the date from the time of the rainbow to Jesus there were 50 50 year jubilees of jubilee did I even say that right a jubilee something I don't know the pronunciation but that's that, that's incredible to me so 50 jubilees took place leading up to Jesus where he is making this announcement a lot of times we're, we're wanting, oh gosh, God, give me that, that one day of rest, which is good. You should, you should totally cultivate 
a healthy work-life balance. But here's what I want to say to you. Did you know that Jesus is your Sabbath rest every day? (laughs) We try to limit God to like one day of the week, and he's like, I want to come in and I want to be your Sabbath rest all of the time. We think when we mess up and, 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 and blow it that we have to do some, some season of religious penance before he'll come and bring freedom. No, Jesus is your freedom all the time. You don't have to wait to come and access him uh, you know, and request, hey, God, would you, by the way, would you have mercy on me and set me free? No, his favor has come to you already. Every day, trust me, friends. And this is, this, is, this is our continual momentous journey of God. He wants to open our eyes to see even better today than we did yesterday and tomorrow than we did today. He is the immediate access for us in all of these realms, all of Isaiah 61. Take some time and go back to that and study it because it's your portion in him right now. I need at least one amen right there. That's some good stuff. Come on. So I just want to give you three things that that I think that you can take home with you practically that are applicable to this moment that we actually need to access right here and now and not wait for this to come tomorrow or a week from now or a year from now. We need to move into these things today. And the first one is in Jesus, we find rest. I want you to write that down. In Jesus, I already mentioned it, but in Jesus, we find rest. Why is that important? Because his redemptive moment that he, that he exemplified here in, in, in coming out of the wilderness and living on the backside of the wilderness is to remove every heavy burden. I loved what Savannah was saying. We didn't even talk about kind of the flow of what was going to go on today. And man, there's just such a theme here. But, but he says, listen, I have come to relieve from you every, everybody say every, that's a law, that's a, that's a, that's a very profound statement, every heavy burden. Look in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. Come to me, because I've already come to you. And I will refresh your life. In other words, he will give us rest because he says, I am your oasis. There's, listen, there's no other place that you can find total rest and freedom from burdens outside of Jesus. We go for walks every day. I I love those. Those help. Vacations are great. You know, like different things and different experiences can, you know, can, can help center on some level. But at the end of the day, I find a burden free life in the Lord, in Jesus, who is my, I don't even know what to call it, Jubilee of Jubilees times 50. He's that powerful. He doesn't want us to rely. This is so important on our own efforts. I remember Grant Lewis used to talk about the sin of self-effort. Years ago, the church would just look at him like, what are you talking about? And basically he was just saying, the greatest sin of the church is doing it in our own strength. 
But we need the grace of God. When we, when we have the grace of God empowering us, which is his unmerited, undeserved favor and his divine enabling power, we can do anything. What does that look like practically, though? Like, let's, let's get out of the ethereal zone up here. Let's, let's pull it down and make it practical. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 27. Jesus told them in this parable, God's kingdom realm is like someone spreading seed on the ground. He goes, this, look at this. This is amazing. He's talking about advancing his kingdom. He says, you go out during the day, And you do what you can do with what's been put in your hands. Hey, here's some seed. Go spread it around. And then here's where the exciting stuff starts to happen. Go to bed and sleep. I don't know if you guys have ever been through like seasons of insomnia. I've, I've walked through some of that before where at night my mind can't shut off. And I lay there in bed thinking through scenarios and solving problems. And by the morning, I forget all of the answers that I had to the problems that I'd solved. And so it was totally waste. It was wasted time. And I was exhausted the next day. Anybody else been there? Don't raise your hand. All right. We got counselors waiting in the lobby. Come on, somebody. Verse 27, he goes to bed and gets up. Day after day, and look at this, the seed sprouts and the seed grows. And he doesn't know how it happened. All we have to do is say yes, be as obedient as we can to steward what he's placed in our hands. Then we need to rest and let God do his thing. Come on. That is a formula for beauty and grace in this age right here. Secondly, in Jesus, we not only find free, uh, rest, but we find freedom. Oh, I want you to get this. I want you to really not just know this theologically, intellectually, but I want you to have it in your heart. And I actually want to see it realized. In Jesus, we find John 8, 36, he says, If the Son sets you free, then you become a true son, or fill in the word daughter there, and be unquestionably free. And this is where the Lord is moving us from orphanhood into family. Over this next season, especially over the summer, we are pressing in to a closer engagement with one another. We are going to try to cultivate family to the, to the greatest of our ability because we are going to, as we have, be like iron sharpening iron with one another, we're going to start looking at each other's face and say, you're free. You're a son. You're a daughter. And because of that, you are not only free, you're unquestionably free. The liberty that Jesus attains for those captives is real and an eternal liberty that can never be taken from us. It's a freedom by which afterwards there can be no slavery over your life. Please, you guys got to hear this, okay? If something is dominating you, 
you have somehow given it power and authority over what Christ has accomplished on the cross. And that thing, whether it's an offense, whether it's, I don't know, like, like a, a pattern of, of how you've been living, none of those things have any power over you because you have truly been set free in Christ. Come out from under enabling that power. In fact, you know, the, the demons, if they were stripped of their authority, why do they have power to reign in the world? We still see brokenness. Wendy and I were, were driving to get her car cleaned the other day. Actually, just yesterday, after uh, seeing Spencer and Amanda and their two beautiful um, twin babies, it was an awesome time. And we were driving to their house, and we, I see this guy that I've seen over and over again. And he's, he's, he's very, very addicted to drugs. And he is, he's, has no weight on him at all. And, and he, he was walking like he was barely alive. And I just felt this anguish in my heart. Christ has come to set us free. And yet addiction still rules. Why? Because we've empowered demons to begin to just leverage. Like, oh, if you, if you take this or you smoke this or you do this, you will find the relief that you're looking for. But you're always chasing something that never satisfies. The initial high, it wears off, but yet you can't get out of the cycle. And I'm just praying, God, we need your power in this moment to come and touch down in cities through your church where we're driving by saying, God, you've got to do something here because there's no way in our own capacity can we change anything. Would you just drop down on this man who's walking almost dead right now and come and free him to where he's just like that guy that was, you know, in that one nation that had all these demons and the disciples were terrified of going to that place. He gets free instantly from Jesus. And then he's like, I want to join your group. I want to come with you. And he's like, no, stay here because you now, in your freedom, will bring freedom to all the other people that are bound in your very area. Ooh, did you catch that principle? When God sets us free from the things that bind us or have bound us, we now have authority to do what? Go to other people that are in that same space. You become a trophy of his grace. The very thing that had you enslaved now has liberated, you've been liberated by God to go and take the grace on your life through your experience because you have authority now to set somebody else free. Oh, I love it. The last one as I wrap this up. In Jesus, we find forgiveness. This is massive. Okay, I'm going to come off the stage for just a second because I, I got to say this right here. This is so, so important. <sighs> Through what's been going on in the world, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm feeling this and have felt this myself. There are forces at work, and I'm not, I'm not giving the devil any credence, okay? He's, he's, he's a liar and a, a, a puny loser. He just really is compared to the Lord. But he strategically orchestrates things to hurt us. He loves inflicting pain, especially relational pain. And especially, he loves to work within the church. Big time. I think, I, this, I mean, please don't hear me the wrong way, but I think sometimes the, the devil's working more in the church than he is out in the world. Because the world's already where he's all up in the church. 
And then we go through relational issues and struggles and stuff, and he, and he gets in there and he wedges unforgiveness in our hearts because of offense. People can't talk to each other and work stuff out. Maybe if one party is able to, the other party is resistant. And we, we don't see reconciliation or redemption among relationships in the body because the strength of that offense and that unforgiveness is so strong. Now, guys, I want to just, as I wrap this up, I want to say this. If we can't forgive as believers other people and get free from that unforgiveness, even if there's the, the other person is not repentant or not willing to even take responsibility for how they wronged you or whatever the situation is, if we can't forgive other people as believers, we are not operating and functioning in the church, as the church should be. I mean, that's the most basic foundational thing that Jesus tried to taught. In fact, Peter asked him, I have a scripture here, um, Matthew 18, here it is. He says, he says Jesus, how, how many times do we need to forgive people? Peter was still under a law mentality, seven times, because they were supposed to give six, and then he upped it by one to really impress the Lord. In the grace of God, because of the moment that we're in, everything is, goes to a next level. You've heard it said, but I tell you, everything that they were taught and trained and how to live, it went to a completely new level because of the redemption moment over humanity. And he tells Jesus, or Jesus tells Peter, hey, it's not just seven times, it's 70 times seven. In other words, there's no end to our forgiveness. And he models this. Over all of humanity, when he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Oh, my greatest prayer is that the church would become an undefendable church. where We could have tough but real conversations and somehow through that forgive and do relationship the right way. This is massive. We're not... We're not a great example to the world if we can't model this, right? If we can't love one another. The Bible's clear. It says that that's how they're going to know that you're my disciples in the first place. So he's bringing a redemption moment for us to walk this out. What I want to do, I want to take just the last couple of minutes that we have here this morning. And I want to invite a friend up. Um, who's more than a friend, it's a daughter to Wendy and I and, and just Jesus, that we want to take a minute and just honor and allow her to take a, another minute to share her heart with us as a community. And we're intentionally doing this this morning. We did it yesterday with, with our core team. We had 50 leaders that are serving here at Harbor. It was beautiful. We had a breakfast together. It was awesome. We talked about where God's taking us in the upcoming ministry season, which you're going to hear more about in the, in the days to come. But we also modeled this there because we want to show what it looks like to walk together through seasons in God. Megan, would you come up here? Could you guys give Megan a big hand clap of praise? Yeah, she's awesome. So, so Megan... Megan came to the harbor when she was 19 years old, and, um, and she's been here for 
19 years, okay? So that makes her about 25, 26 years old, somewhere in there, okay? And the transformation, we're going to actually have at some point, like, for real, like, uh, an opportunity for what she did through the, you did through the podcast that one time, but share some of her transforming story. It's amazing, like, what God did in, in your life through Jesus in working at this place. And, and, and she got involved in, in worship ministry and served faithfully for years and years and years. And then about almost two years ago to the day, she voluntarily and with our kind of urging, because we saw something here, stepped in to taking the sole leadership role within the worship ministry because we were pretty thin. There, we, we, we always looked at worship ministry like we do even equipping here on the stage. There's a triangle. There's some admin of administrative pieces that some people are really gifted at. And then there's other graces on other people's life to serve. And then we do everything in plurality. But nonetheless, she took on her shoulders leading this worship ministry and you did a tremendous, tremendous job doing that, Megan. Seriously. For real. I felt like it recentered us back in the heart of the Lord in, and after going through a wilderness season in many ways as a house and just kind of got us refocused again on what this is all about. What is worship all about? Well, Megan knows a lot about that, and she modeled that, and she, and she helped us to find our way. And so anyhow, about six plus months ago, we started having conversation because this is what we do within our communities, among our staff, among our leaders. We'd love to do it with you and just talk about life. How are you doing? What's happening? In fact, I'm going to press in once we get back from our trip into some one-on-ones with people because I just want to find out where you at, what's going on in your heart. Let's, let's, let's come closer, right? And so we did that with Megan and then she was processing through some things and then we, we kind of journeyed for some months about that. And I want her just to share a little bit about that with you guys here as we close. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm not used to being up here. I'm used to being behind that microphone. This is different. No. <laughs> um, so, so about two years ago when I did step into this, this specific role, I had been serving in worship for about 17 years. And... Um, but the Lord asked me, we were in a season of things being really, as, as all of us were, right? Like God was doing so much and the Lord asked me, would you be willing, um, to let me come and strip everything? Like, would you be willing to be used in such a way? And, you know, in my heart, and I was like, yes, like strip it all, like strip it down to the stud, strip everything, whatever is not of you use me in whatever way you want, Jesus. I just, I just want you and for you to receive the fullness of your reward. And that was a beautiful prayer, but I had no idea what I was asking for in that prayer. And God did it. He did. He stripped everything. Um, yes, he stripped everything here and, and, and did so much in us as, as a staff, as a church, where he was just stripping all the, the things away. I, I, the phrase I would use is he, he took away all, all the, the, um, all the like extra, um, bells and whistles there. We didn't have any bells and whistles and it was like just sometimes me and another person and a guitar. And, um, but there was something so beautiful that he was doing on the inside of me and of us. And, 
it was so much about the stripping that he was doing in me even through, through all of it. And so it's been a beautiful season and I have been so, it has been such an honor to get to serve in such a specific way and a dream of my heart, to be quite honest. I did not expect the dream to come to this moment, but that's life in God. And so when we, when we started processing, I started processing with the Lord six months ago, um, there was just been things stirring in my heart. Like, I'm not sure if this is it, God, I don't know what you're doing. And I just began to process these things. And he asked me again, another question, would you be willing to lay it down? And, um, that was a much harder question to answer, but I knew because he showed me that if I didn't, I would be partnering with fear at that point, fear of the unknown, fear of, but what, a, what about me, God? What about my calling? What about the things that you've put on my life? Why would you ask me to lay it down? But I knew that it was him, and I knew, and I know that there is a need for a season, at least, for me to step away and to take a breath and to f- heal and recover from a hard season of sowing and plowing and um, he is kind to give that and so um, that's a little bit of my story I want to say just like even to just close any doors of confusion or where the enemy would try to come in um, I might not be around as much in the summer I won't be leading um, but nothing is wrong there's been no broken relationship this is my family this that has not changed. None of that has changed. Um, I just need some space. And, um, and so I'm going to take it because he, he said I could. (laughs) And so I'm going to take it. Yeah. So, so we just want to just, just thank you, not just with our words, but with just a little, um, gift to say, we appreciate um, what you've done in this season. And, and let, me just, let me just clarify, too. Megan's not going anywhere. There's no plans for that at the, right now. I mean, God could do anything. We're, 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 the thing with Harbor is if someone transitions and, 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 and so forth, which happens all the time, this is a transient region. We have transient people come and go. We've had 15,000 members of this church over the last 20 years. So true story. And, and, and so we keep family with all of them. But, but really what Megan needs right now is um, just a, a time of rest. And how many of you know that that's important for us to come alongside and support people, her, all of our other leaders, you, when you need times of rest where we come alongside of you and we, and we stand with you in those moments. And, and what, what, go ahead. Yes, please. Yeah, I just want to say, I just want to do a prophetic declaration over you. It's, and I want to say when I went to pick out your card, I couldn't find anything in the thank you section, but I found it in the graduation section. (laughs) Yeah, come on. I feel like, I feel like this is a graduation for you, Megan. I feel like over the years you came in, you kind of came in hot (laughs) to our community And you opened your hands and you opened your heart and you let God do his work in every, I don't think there was a single season that I didn't see you surrender to God. So I really feel like this is like, I feel like you're a doctorate. You've got your doctorate in trust and surrender to him. And then it's so crazy because I'm just going to open up the card. I'm not going to read the card. 
There was a theme this morning, and Savannah didn't even know, but um, I want to see the card. It says, you are limitless. That's what I picked out for you this morning. So everything that you, you've sown, all, every single seed, I just feel like this is a double portion of a limitless for you in this season. I love you. You've been, I've been a faithful daughter. You're, you're a faithful friend to so many people, and, you're always, and you've always made our lives beautiful, whether it's a baby shower or a wedding shower, everything. You've done that to make everyone's life beautiful, and it's time for your garden to grow. In Jesus' name. If I, if I could have Kenyel and, and Nathan, if, they're, if Nathan's still here. I don't know if he is. Kenyel here. There they are. If I could have them come up. The cool thing about this, when we were having conversation with Megan, is she's saying, I just don't know if I'm rightly positioned in this moment. I feel like God wants to give me a season of rest to get, get some clarity and, and get some strength back and then get rightly positioned in what the Lord has for me. But before that, she was beginning... Um, some conversation with Kenyil, and they were talking about, you know, what it could look like for him to come alongside and support. And then amidst all of this conversation, Nathan heard through our staff uh, conversations that, that this is what was going on with Megan. And he called me up and said, hey, I'm here to put the grace on my life into this space. And um, Nathan, by the way, runs, you guys just, so you know, he runs his own business. He's He's a full-time called minister of the gospel that bivocationally supports himself. Amazing, just grace on his life. And, and in a sense, like these two, God is positioned to, to lift up Megan's arms. And what's so important for us to realize is that no matter what it, this looks like, it's not like, oh, here's a change. Megan's now over here. She's displaced. There's no more. And then, hey, guys, welcome. Now you're taking... No, that's not how the kingdom of God works, Okay. That's so dark and bad, like, and then how the church, oh, hey, so-and-so's burned out. Sorry, hey, nice seeing you. Here's some flowers. Have a great summer. Uh, don't call me. I'll call you. And we got two new anointed worship leaders here now, you know, kind of, that's garbage. That's total garbage. It's not kingdom at all. And the Lord wants us to walk as a family. And a family supports each other when we're going through whatever season change or, or difficulty, Right? And if we, we leave each other in those moments, I'm, I'm closing here. I actually want Sergio, would you come up and I want you to pray over this. Um, that we are, we're, we're, we're modeling family to, to even the body of Christ in a different way, you know, that, that they maybe need to learn some things. And we, we're learning, as we're learning, right? And so anyhow, Megan, for real, we love you. Kenyel, Nathan, everybody else stands with you. Come on, let's give her a Pray with me and extend your, your hand, please. Oh, Father God, thank you for such a beautiful moment and a moment that has been years unfolding, Lord. Not just this moment, all that's been done here. We just thank you for the fruit of it, for what it has done to transform. Thank you for the beautiful surrender of heart and soul. Lord, we just ask right now for Megan in the days, weeks, months to come, Lord, that there is this beautiful rest upon her life and that she will see that coming from you 
and that she will see it coming from us who support and love her in these days, Lord. Father, make clear what is before her and just energize her in your spirit. Refresh her. And I look forward, Lord God, for the things that she will come back and bring about that journey. And thank you, Lord, for Kenyel and Nathan for their willingness to serve in this capacity, Lord. And together, as they've journeyed, we just wait and expect to see all that you're going to, to unfold in this place. We thank you for their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Let's stay standing. We're just going to we're gonna close. Here's, here's what I want to say. Um, you're valuable to God. And you matter to me and Wendy. You matter to our team. And let's go deeper in this next season. Let's, let's take a deeper dive along the path called life. Let's open up. Let's find some safe spaces where we can trust a little more. And then go there together as a community. Listen, we're going to go ahead and just dismiss. God bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing Sunday. And we will see you back here next week. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.